Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for November 3rd, 2020. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And also, don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. Uh, Shawana Humes and I will be talking about the week's activities this Thursday. Okay, now, not much happening in the UFC last week. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, there was a Deep Jewels show on Saturday. And so, my buddy Charlie is here all the way from Japan to talk about that. Charlie, how you doing, brother? Good. How are you doing? Okay. So, uh, I want to start with a couple of videos that I posted on my blog before we get to the Deep Jewels show. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, Charlie... You know, just step right in there, okay? So I posted posted a couple of uh, videos on my blog. The first one is from last week's edition of AEW Dark, which is kind of the tryout show that AEW does. So it was Hikaru Shida, who's the uh, AEW Women's Champion, against, uh, uh, what the hell's her name now? Uh, Layla, that's her name. Her name is Layla. Okay, so... This girl, Layla, she uh, uh, it was her first match there. She's 23 years old. She uh, is billed as from Russia. She was born in Russia, but uh, she actually grew up in New Jersey. And, um, she wrestled in high school, so that's kind of her gimmick, you know, is that she dresses like she's an amateur wrestler or something like that. You know, she has some ability I don't much care for the gimmick because you have to have a little bit of showmanship to go along with whatever the gimmick is, right? And she doesn't really have that. So she, I think she, they're going to sign her. Uh, the, the women's division in AEW is kind of eh, not so good. Hikaru is great, okay? Uh, she's a tremendous uh, wrestler. Uh, in this particular match, I thought she was a little bit generous, uh, giving uh, Layla a little bit too much offense, but you know, it was an okay match, and like I said, the video is up on my blog um, uh, next week uh, on her, on their paper. I think it's November seventh. Uh, Hikaru will defend against um, her title against uh, Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose is a big girl, but kind of inexperienced, and that's been the problem with the AEW Women's Division. Is um, Hikaru is head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, who's in the division. So that's been the... But now they have signed recently Serena Deeb, and she's actually pretty good. She uh, was coaching down at uh, the WWE Performance Center, but she got released, and so she's returned to wrestling. She's still in good shape, even though she's in her late 30s. So uh, have you, you're not... I presume you're not familiar with the card she Is that the third statement? Well, I'm familiar with her because uh, she used to compete in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And she, I know she's friends with Sherry Kondo, the former fighter, but she I don't is. watch a lot of AEW. They actually, uh, have, when they were in Japan, they uh, were a tag team. Right. They did that kind of that one show that seems more like theater than wrestling. Uh, yeah, Makai. Yeah, exactly. You're referring to Makai. Yeah, you know, you know her deal with AEW, she can uh, go back to Japan once a month and do a Makai show. But with the pandemic, she's obviously not doing that. She, she did move to the U.S. She was in Florida. And, uh, uh, but she, she, like I said, like I said, she was teaming with Shuri. Shuri's now working for Stardom full-time. 
Mm-hmm. I saw that. What's oh. up with uh, why does AEW keep like a record of the wrestlers? Uh, well, it's one of those things where they've got it in their heads that it makes wrestling, pro wrestling, more like a sport. But uh, listen, I know what it is. You know what it is. I don't know. Listen, most people are wise to the business these days, so it makes no sense to me for them to right. do that. It, just, it makes no sense it, to me because yeah. why would you want to advertise how many times someone's lost if you're trying to build them up? It's, it's like they're trying to treat it like it's a real sport, I guess. But I don't think it really works. Okay. Yeah, Matt, I expect it to be phased out as time goes on, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, like I said, they're in their early days. You know, it's one of those things mm-hmm. where if they're, you know, the honeymoon is still on in some sense, right? right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but that honeymoon will fade eventually, believe me. Okay, but Hikari's doing pretty good there. You know, she, uh, uh, you know, she is the best wrestler they have, and they've been having trouble finding decent opponents for her, you know, to the point where they had to bring in um, uh, NWA women's champion Thunder Rosa. Okay, and you know she's under contract the NWA. You know who owns the NWA, don't you? Is that the guy from Smashing Pumpkins? That's right, Billy Corgan. And so, and so uh, uh, she she was brought in. Now she's lost the title. Serena Deep is the new new champ, and the reason she lost the title is uh, Rosa also works for Combat Americans. She's she's Owen one. So I think she's got a fight coming up. Okay. Interesting. All right. The second video uh, is from last uh, Wednesday's NXT. And it is um, Io Shirai defending the uh, NXT Women's Championship against uh, Candice LeRae. And um, what they did on last week's show, for fans who are not aware of it, is they did a kind of a revival of the uh, old WCW Halloween Havoc uh, okay. concept. And so it was all horrible stuff, right? And so one of the things that they did as part of this show is they had a couple of matches where it was a spin the wheel and you do the type of match type of thing. I don't know if you ever watched, seen that on Halloween, Halloween Havoc, but that's what they did. No, nope. sounds kind of interesting, though. Okay, so the match for uh, EO and Candice... It was described as tables, ladders, and scares, which is actually tables, ladders, and chairs, right? So the main thing about a table, a TLC match, is how many crazy bumps can you do? Because you're talking about, you know, EO and Candice, they're two of the best bumpers anywhere. I mean, they do insane bumps, okay? So... You know, that's what this match is about, is all the crazy bumps that they can take. You name it, they can do it, okay? So it starts with uh, EO uh, going face first into a ladder, and then it kind of goes from there. And, and I, I don't want to uh, go into too much detail because I actually want people to watch the match uh, on video because it's a really good match. And, and I went to a lot of trouble to actually watch this live because uh, NXT is only – available on USA in the U.S., all right? Oh, wow. It's not on the WWE platform? Yeah, well, USA Network. 
Okay, okay. Which is a, anyway, so what? So I don't get it live here. So what I had to do is I had to find an illegal stream, <laughs> and I used a casting app on Roku to send it to my TV. Very nice. Okay, so uh, that's what. So I, like I said, I went through a lot of trouble to, to watch that <laughs> live. So there's a so a lot of this match is this kind of thing where they're bumping and doing some insane bumps, right? And right. Uh, you know the the end of the match comes when this uh, uh, person, you know, the movie Scream and the, the character with the face, right? So yeah, I don't, uh-huh. I'm not even familiar with the movie, but I know what the character looks like. So uh, this person in the costume came out earlier in the night and, and um, helped uh, Candace's husband, Johnny Gargano, win his match. Okay. So this person came out again, and uh, I believe it was, I believe it was Johnny Gargano, actually, okay. it was supposed to be uh, an NXT wrestler by the name of Amy Hartwell, who's been helping Candace lately, but it, uh, she was quarantined because one of the coaches there got tested positive for COVID-19 so she could do the show. So this character comes out and what happened just before the character came out is Candace did a swinging neck breaker through two tables. So they're both black. Like, it's a stupid, when you think about it, it's a silly move to do because they're both pretty much out of it. Right? So so the person in in the costume comes out and takes Candace and puts her at the top of the, the ladder and she's still out of it. Okay. And then uh, another wrestler, Shotzi Blackwell, got rid of the screen curve. So then Candace wakes up and so does EO. And EO sees that she's up on the ladder. So she sets up another ladder and goes up and goes up uh, to uh, stop Candace. And uh, then Candace uh, rakes her eyes and she drops down to the uh, mad again. So what EO does at that point is she tips the ladder over and uh, Candace basically goes through a ladder that was set up uh, earlier in the match. Okay, It's kind of a, between the, the ring and the announce table. And she goes through the, the, the ladder and the look on EO's face when she goes through the ladder is pretty funny. <laughs> and then EO climbs the ladder, and she wins the match, so she's still the champ. Okay? So, Sounds like an exciting match. So it was a really good match. I mean, EO is so good. Okay? She has great chemistry with Candice because they worked together uh, before. And EO is so good. Um, yeah, I remember I used to watch her when she was briefly at a stint on the um, Lucha Underground. Yeah. The, it was she very was exciting to watch. I, she was on there so you know, and you know, she's just a little girl. EO is like five foot one, hundred and fifteen pounds. But right. big performer. Okay, like she could pretty much do anything. Like a lot of that stuff she learned down in Mexico. She went to Mexico and lived there for about a year and a half. Yeah, because on that Lucha Underdoor, they had her versus a man and she must have jumped twenty, twenty five feet off of the top of the building onto him. It was crazy. Oh yeah. She does that all the time. They call her the genius <laughs> of the sky. <laughs> well, okay. I believe it. Like she, 
flies around. She has tremendous balance. I don't know how she does some of the stuff she does. I mean, that's how good she is. I'd like to see her up in the main roster. Have her team up with Asuka. They're all buddies. Didn't you tell me earlier that they were bringing Sari over to team up with Asuka? No, I don't know if they're doing doing it that, but they are going to bring Sari over. That's still in the cards. You know, Sari has been working some uh, shows in Japan. They are planning still to bring her over. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but they can't yet. Okay, eventually they will bring her over. Uh, she'll know whatever the next May Young Classic is. Okay. okay. Both of those videos are up on my blog. Uh, UFC has turned out to be nothing this week. What happened is there's Saturday was there was supposed to be a match. Uh, Courtney Casey versus Priscilla Cachoeira. And Priscilla was cutting weight, and she slipped in the bathtub and hit her head. And so they canceled the match. Uh, there was also supposed to be a match on the uh, Contender Series, which is tomorrow night. And it was supposed to be something that was in LFA. I forgot her name now. And anyway, the other fighter, her name was... Uh, uh, one of the fighters she tested positive for COVID-19. Okay. So they're going to do it next week instead. Or actually, two weeks. Two weeks, sorry. Okay, now... Even though there was no UFC matches, we did have a Deep Jewel show on Saturday. And Charlie was – you watched the show on uh, pay-per-view, right? I did, yes. Now, that's only available in Japan, if I remember correctly. I don't know about the international. It would be equivalent of about $15. But I think it might only be available in Japan. You'd have to use a I believe VPN so. to watch it. I believe so. Um, so, uh, so the So – uh, the big story on this show was in the main event, uh, uh, Deep Jewel's atomweight champ, Tomo Masawa, uh, beat Hikaru Aono, and then she retired. Correct. Okay, so let me ask you first, why is she retired? Um, first, she's married, and she's roughly 32 years old. Yes. And I feel like she's kind of realized that she's reached as far as she can go in the sport. She went and tried to fight in rising and lost both times to Mm -hmm. Tom Sohi and Ayaka Hamasaki. And it wasn't like a close match. Each one of them were kind of one-sided beatdowns. So I think she just kind of knows that there's nowhere else to go. She's the champion of Deep Jewels. She's 32 years old, probably wants to start a family. So she's just retiring. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but according to what I read, she almost lost this match, right? She lost the first two rounds and then came back in the third round and won with a, was it an armbar? It was a guillotine choke. Guillotine choke, okay. I knew she won the third round, but wasn't she losing? She was. So my theory is that Deep Jewels was trying to set it up with and have the other fighter win. They wanted Hikaru to win, who is a collegiate wrestler, who used her wrestling to kind of dominate Tomo for the first two rounds. And then she kind of went in on a sloppy single leg takedown the last round. And Tomo's coach had just yelled at her about this being her last match and everything. And she was able to lock on a guillotine choke and finish the fight. Okay. So she, so she's gone. We'll get to what Deep Jewel is going to do in a minute. But uh, from what I can tell on the rest of the show, it kind of looked like, there was a lot of um, younger fighters fighting older mm-hmm. fighters, and younger fighters were winning. 
So we can talk about this later more in more detail if you want. Deep Jewels has like a kind of a problem in that all of the veterans in Japan don't fight for Deep Jewels anymore. So they just have a bunch of really young fighters, but no one to really put them against to kind of build their skill levels. And so what they're doing is they're using these veterans that aren't any good. Like uh, they had Amoeba on there, who's just mm. not a very good fighter. And they have like Edge on some of these shows. So they're having these old veterans that shouldn't be fighting anymore, fighting these younger talent because there's no one else to kind of build them against. All right. Uh, so anything notable on any of these matches? Uh, outside of the Tomo fight, I would say that the two more interesting wins was Momoka Yamazaki winning and Mikiku Shimizu. Now, Momoka is not very good. The reason I bring her up is because she's popular. And so she might well, be one why of the is fighters. She, the... And why is she popular? Uh, she's attractive. And she um, was in the news because she stopped a robbery at a gas station. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, the guy actually broke her orbital bone, but she was able to, because she's only like, I think she's like 100 pounds. She was able to keep him until the police came. Uh, and she's on, she was like a former punk girl, so people kind of like her attitude. And she uh, makes a lot of videos on YouTube. Yeah. She trains with uh, Murata Kanako and Shizuka Sugiyama. Oh, okay. Uh, who, and who is the other one you were mentioning? Uh, Mikiku Shimizu made her pro debut and looked pretty good. And the reason I brought her up is because she's another AACC, which as you know, is kind of this famous gym over yeah. here for producing a bunch of strong women. Yep. Has all these young women coming out now and just, they're just dominating. She came out and won by TKO. And I just thought it was noteworthy that whereas you can kind of see crazy B as a gym has been losing all of their fights. Well, AACC yeah. is winning all of their fights. Ayaka Abazaki seems to be a very well coach. She is, and um, plus Rena is there all the time helping them with their striking. Oh, so they gosh. have Ayaka. That, that's the one she, she's good at. Exactly. So they have Ayaka there, they have Rena there, and then they have two champions in deep right now. They have uh, the strawweight champion and the 100-pound champion. And so mm. they're just filling out, they're taking over deep jewels is what it looks like. I guess there may be fighters that are not available because of the pandemic. That's true, but um, in Japan, the pandemic as of now isn't that bad, and a lot of the restrictions have been lifted, and so people can kind of travel around now. So one thing I noticed, one thing I noticed that there was a lot of buzz about a fighter there. What's her name? Lotus, making her oh, so debut. What's her name again? Uh, her name is Kate Oyama, but her nickname was Lotus. She's like a former bodybuilder. And I think you know, as well as I know, why she was brought well, in. Well, sure. <laughs> this is this is that old fart. She's That's his dream. Well, okay. it just reminds me of when, those cre when he took those creepy pictures of Mika Nagano and blasted them all over. Well, he's always looking. Yep. He's always looking for idols the fighters, and he just fails miserably. You know, remember all those date girls? Remember that? Yep, yep. And, and of course, the most recent was uh, Nanaka Kawamura. Right, right, the okay. girl part of the idol group. Yeah. So he's, he, I guess he wants to do the same thing as this girl here, but apparently she got her clock cleaned. 
I think it was a. I think it was a split decision, or like a must decision, where one of the judges ruled for her opponent, two called it a draw, but they had to come to decisions. So they ruled for the other fighter. It's kind of strange decision, but isn't yeah, this, it wasn't. Isn't this part of the problem with having two round matches? Oh, exactly. I mean, I've always been against the two round match system because it leads to a ton of draws. So why is it do two round matches? I've been talking about, it. I mean, I'm just happy it's no longer the 30-second on the ground rules with no ground strikes. Uh, what an old fart he is. Anyway, so um, he said that uh, Kate Lotus is going to make her pro debut in February. But the other thing he said is that they're going to do a tournament, uh, an Atomweight tournament. Uh, it's, I, it sounds to me like they're going to have four fighters in the tournament. They're going to do it yeah. in March and in May. So, yeah, I think they also announced that their next event is going to be in December. Yeah, but the tournament won't start until March. Right, because the problem is, is you know that Deep Jewels wanted Tomo to kind of lose the match and pass the torch to Hikaru Aono, who's this 26-year-old kind of popular fighter with kind of a hit-or-miss record, but her boyfriend's a rising fighter and she's attractive. And she has a wrestling background, so they kind of wanted to push her, but she lost. <laughs> well, anything else notable at this uh, show that I should know about? Well, one other interesting aspect is before the show, as you're aware, your listeners might not be, they had a big amateur event. So Deep is trying to find new stars within their promotion because – they're just lacking anyone's real drawing power in Deep Jewels right now. And one of the fighters stood out. Her name was Saki. And it's one of those Japanese things where she didn't have a listed last name. It was just her first name. But she was from Crazy B, and she looked actually fairly impressive. So I would expect to see her making her pro debut either in December or early on one of the next year's cards. Okay. Typical deep jewels, but uh, you know, I stopped, yes, I stopped, I've stopped covering them because it's so irritated with Seiki. Right, he uh, it's kind of strange. I don't understand a lot of what's going on because they're still crowning certain women as deep champions and some as deep jewels champions, and I just don't understand what's the why difference? they're making the distinction exactly. That's I don't know why they're making the distinction. Well. It's, it will do, 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 do the deep champs appear in deep jewel shows? Uh, so they do, but they also do, they also appear on deep shows. See, I've always said that well, they should have just inter- moved it into deep and had them run at the same time instead of separate events. Yeah. All right. Anyway, got a couple of UFC uh, 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 to look at for one for this Saturday. This is Saturday. Got a big fight at Strawberry. It is uh, Claudia Gadelia uh, versus uh, Yan Chonan, a fighter that I know you're familiar with. Yes. Uh, Claudia, just go over. Folks know who they are. Claudia, of course, is from Brazil. She uh, is 31 years old. She uh, trained, used to train at Nova Unia, of course, but she's now moved to Philadelphia. And these days, She's training with 
Mark Henry in New Jersey. Um, so Claudia is this BJJ whiz, but in the UFC, did you know she's only had one finish in the UFC? Yeah, would that be her Karolina Kowalczyk fight? Yeah. Other than that, like her big problem is endurance. Like if you can get her into the later rounds, she's not that difficult to beat. But she's also she must think she's a good striker or something. But I don't think she is. And the other well, thing, the other thing is she had when they used to reminds me of when they used to talk about how like Roy Nelson was a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt or Dan Henderson was an Olympic wrestler. It's like that they might have those credentials, but they never use them. Yeah, I guess. Like, Claudia hasn't gone for a takedown in a very long time. Yeah. Claudia, by the way, had shoulder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this fight was supposed to happen in September, but Claudia suffered a knee injury, but Tuesday was a serious to this Saturday. Now, Yan Shonan is from China, of course, 31 years old. She uh, trains a China top team. The guy who's the coach there, former UFC fighter. Okay, his name is Zhang, I believe. And uh, he last appeared in the UFC in 2012. And uh, believe it or not, she's 5-0 in the UFC. Okay. That's kind of a crazy record. <laughs> but, then, it, but she's had a very different level of competition than Claudia. Yeah, up until now. Okay, now she did, in her last fight, she did beat Carolina Kovacanich. And before that, she beat Angela Hill. So... It's not completely scrubbed. That's I think true. a lot of fans may not be familiar with her because most of her fights have been outside the U.S. Right. I remember okay. she kind of made a bunch of waves at Road FC in Korea, and then they brought well, her Well, yeah, this is uh, why you're familiar with her because she fought Emmy Fugino, and mm-hmm. uh, that was no contest because of an accidental uh, they hit butted heads, and Emmy continued, so it was no contest. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is, without question, the biggest fight of Yan Chonin's career. So can she win? I actually think she can, and it kind of depends on Claudia. Claudia can go out, be aggressive, maybe go back to her roots and get a takedown or something like that, and get a submission. Um you know, she can win this fight, but once she gets into the later rounds, she's got a problem. She's not very good. And, um, you know, she hasn't been, you know, this BJJ whiz in the UFC. So we just have to wait and see on this one. I I think there's actually, Jan has a better chance than I think many people think. I I agree with you because I feel like Claudia has been on this kind of slow downward trend but she's not terrible but she's not the same fighter that she was she seems to be she knows that she has endurance issues so she seems to be going for these pot shot style where she just kind of lumbers around and throws big punches but doesn't throw any combos or go for takedowns because she's so worried about getting tired well I think what happened here she actually trained for a while with uh, Latrell Yee Albuquerque, and they—that's a, a small uh, gym that is in the Jackson Wink building, but it's separate. Okay, and those guys—they uh, usually work with elite fighters, but it didn't work out there. Okay, uh, you know she lost. She she, she lost to Nina Ansarov. Okay, 
All right, which mm-hmm. is somebody she should not lose to. All right, right. So, sorry, go ahead. It just seems that with her new kind of striking based style, that kind of plays into Jan's strength is because Jan is a striker yes. with a weak ground game. So she's kind of if she does that, she's giving Jan a chance to win. Yeah, I mean, she trained there. She left there after she lost to Nina, and um, I mean, she. Uh, Claudia now owns her own gym in Philadelphia. And so she wanted to move back to, up to the Northeast. So she's training now with Mark Henry. And I mean, listen, I don't know. I mean, I, I describe her as an elite fighter with major flaws. I mean, she wants to get another title shot. Okay. So she has to uh, win this to get a title shot. But if Yang gets it, I don't think the next step is a title shot. Uh, she'll have to end up having something else uh but you know she could win this fight i i'm not as um you know people are familiar with claudia so that's why they would favor her but i uh would not favor her for that reason yeah um, i was thinking about that this morning and this is a, a fight that i would just refuse to gamble or bet on just because jan could just pick claudia apart especially in the later rounds with her striking and since she has that Sonda background, I mean, she has decent takedown defense. And so if Claudia gets tired, I can easily see Jan taking over. But if Claudia yeah. can take her down, I can see Claudia easily submitting her. So it could go either way. Now, Jan is not a finisher, but she's, no, she's, very, not. She, she's a very good striker. Right. And she, she has the endurance to go three rounds, something that right. Claudia can't do if it's a hard fight. That's right. Okay, now next Tuesday on the Contender Series, um, it's another strawweight bout. This one is uh, Luana Pinero against uh, Stephanie Frosto. Now, we should know all about Stephanie because she's sort of a Frosto sister. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, she's fought uh, other places in Victa, Combat Americas, all those places, okay? Uh, Luana is somebody that uh, uh, we're not familiar with. She's from uh, Belo Horizonte, Brazil. Uh, she trains, I think it's called BD Rhino or something like that. And yeah. her last three, she's seven and one. She's, uh, her last three fights were all for uh, uh, the uh, Middle Eastern promotion, Brave CF. Mm-hmm. And she actually beat somebody that I've heard of in the last fight. That was Helen Harper. Now, I watched one of her fights, and she likes to finish. Okay? Like, pretty much all her fights are finishes. All right? So, the thing is, with the Contender Series, you see a lot of squash matches like that. Because the idea is, um, not only do you have to win dominantly, but you're competing against the other uh, fighters. It's funny that you say that because when I looked at this, squash match was the first thought I had in my mind. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Luana would be the favorite here, obviously, because because she can go out and get an arm bar in 30 seconds, right? Well, you think about it. Like Stephanie Frosto used to compete at atom weight. She's 30 years old. She's eight and six. She's got a famous sister, so her name carries some value. So they're just bringing but it, it in. So they can say the, name, the, name, the name doesn't mean anything. Right, but I'm just saying, like, 
I don't think the UFC is interested in eight and six, 30 year old fighter that's failed out of Bellator and Invicta. They want to watch her get smashed by Luana. No, but a lot of the, a lot of the matches in the contender series are, um, are mismatches, deliberate mismatches. You know, yeah, I don't, you can't, if yeah. you, you, you have to, be, if you go to a unanimous decision, chances are pretty good you're not going to get a contract, right? Now, the right. exceptions to that, I noticed White has been a little more generous with the contracts this year, fighters, but uh, it's pretty obvious that favorite here. Exactly, I would say. So that's about that. That's uh, so that's going to be on Tuesday. Now that sh- that, that show uh, is on um, ESPN Plus in the U.S. and TSN in Canada. Okay, that's about it. Anything else? To, anything you want to bring up? No, that's about it. Oh, that's interesting. I saw yesterday that uh, Pearl Gonzalez is out of the Invicta FC main yes. event. So that event just looks like garbage now. <laughs> well, <laughs> well you know, I know that you have discussed it in other podcasts with uh, Schwan Humes, but for some reason, she's just one of those fighters that Invicta is obsessed with, kind of like Ashley Cummings and they just give her nonstop title fights, trying to build a star out of her. Yeah, I don't. No. Your opponent here uh, actually does have potential, and um, you know maybe they'll find a better opponent. But, you know, we got we have heard about that. Yeah. Just, uh, just came out a couple of days ago that Carl uh, is uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen. So I don't know what they're doing. Okay, so yeah. uh, but we talked about this uh, on the other podcast, and uh, we're not crazy about the matchmaking. Let's put it down. No, it's just over at Invicta. It's just, I mean, Deep Jewels has its issues, but Invicta, I mean, their matchmaking makes no sense. They're trying to build stars out of people that aren't stars, and they're not taking advantage of local talent that would actually bring fans to the events. Well, the, the, well, the, in the case of uh, Pearl. It's it's all sex appeal, right? Once you get right. past that, there ain't nothing there. Well, they want her because they can take the weigh-in picture, put it on social media, and it'll get a bunch of retweets and likes. But it doesn't mean anything. She doesn't win. I guess. Okay. I also think they like her because when she comes, she brings a lot of those uh, <laughs> star fighters from her gym as attention, like Alima Lay and a lot of that with her as well. Oh, yeah. Does she train out there? She does, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Yep. When they make, when they make okay. Uh, again, don't forget to check out uh, those videos that I posted. Uh, and also check out my other podcast, Big Topic in Women's MMA. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for coming on, Charlie. We'll have you back on the next Deep Jewels show. Thanks for having me. And uh, have a good week. We'll talk to you later.